standard issue for all women. Hello, Mickey here. Happy New Year and welcome to the Standard Issue Gigcast. Two in a fortnight, I know. In this episode, Sarah and I had a ruddy smashing time with Nigella Lawson, Samira Ahmed and Jodie Prenger, chatting about being a cat, the power of the BBC voice, laughing at funerals, combing cows, excellent letters to Newsround, how to talk buzzard and Roger Moore as God. This episode was recorded in front of a live audience at Leicester Square Theatre in September. That means a couple of the plugs are out of date. Obviously, we now know that Fiona Bruce got the question time job, but we love Samira's pitching so much it has stayed in. And Nigella's tour is over, but there's still loads of good stuff over on her website. And, it turns out, occasionally in a puddle on her kitchen floor. Our next gig is at Leicester Square Theatre on January the 15th, and it is a corker, with kick-ass comedians Jen Brister and London Hughes, and also Daisy May Cooper, BAFTA-winning creator and star of the excellent This Country. In February, our gigs have a new London home and our first gig at King's Place is on February the 14th and will be way better than any romantic nonsense that Hallmark tells you you should be enjoying. Because we have got bona fide national treasure Claire Balding and, very funny bird indeed, Sarah Pascoe. You can find us on the King's Place website, www.kingsplace.co.uk forward slash what's hyphen on forward slash words. And if you're wondering if we're wandering to anywhere near you in 2019, then yes, if you're in Birmingham. We've got an event at Podfest Birmingham on March the 24th, where we'll be chatting to, among other TBC guests, the marvellous Jess Phillips. More info on all of our live events over at sarahmillican.co.uk forward slash standard hyphen issue. You can follow us at Standard Issue UK on Twitter and also find us on Facebook and Instagram. All of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Acast and other smashing podcasting outlets. Thanks to Maddie Hickish for all things tech, to all at Leicester Square Theatre and to Nigella, Samira and Jodie. And to you, dear listeners, please do keep sharing the love. We really appreciate it. Everything you hear is just opinions, so don't get yourself hot under the collar, champ. Just enjoy the show. We sure did. Welcome to the Standard Issue Podcast. <laughs> Thank you all so very much for coming. Should we do introductions? Let, Let, let's know. do some introductions because yeah. no, one, no one knows who this is. <laughs> <laughs> we start by doing introductions. We say our name, what we do, and then a random fact about ourselves. So I am Mickey Noonan and I am one quarter of the Standard Issue Podcast team. And I mean, I don't want to boast or anything, but you are very lucky I'm here tonight because I just discovered Netflix has got all of Alan Partridge. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. oh, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Nigella? Um, I'm Nigella Lawson. I'm, well, I, if I had to say what I did, I'd say I was a food writer. Um, now, a random fact about myself. Um, I um, have knocked over just about every glass jar in my kitchen today. And... <laughs> I, and I haven't cleared up properly. I mean, I did the best I could, but um, then the little bits of glass, then I thought, oh, no, I didn't want to come here, you know, bleeding at the fingertips. So I'm going to have to go and get you know, uh, the little little hoover uh, thing, which just I quite enjoy. Thing. I, yes. bet, I bet that puddle um, I haven't is done delicious. That yet. I've got that joy to, to look forward to later. Oh, no. Oh. No, it's all right. It'll give me a sense of attainment and achievement. <laughs> incredible attitude that is <laughs> we just scream because we've got three animals we've got a dog and two cats so whenever anybody smashes anything we just scream to get them all out of the way so we can clear all that up without any burst pause no, no, burst do want... they burst i don't know if they burst. i don't know why i said that that's horrific, that horrific. <laughs> sorry everyone <laughs> 
Oh, okay, I'm Jodie Prenger. Um, I'm an actress, singer, and I'm just trying to think a general fact. Uh, well, talking about animals, one of my pastimes is combing one of my cow's hair. <laughs> How and many it cows makes have you me got? Uh, we've rescued we've rescued four cows. Mm. And Are one they... of them, Timber, really likes Timber? the hair to be combed. Are they in the house? No. <laughs> if I had my way, yes. <laughs> so yeah, and that is one of my little uh, hobbies. Does oh. the cow like it? She loves it. it she's she's very much like a dog. She literally puts her head on my shoulder oh. and I get a really big brush and uh, I comb her hair. You know, you, you talk about cowlick. She really has got a cowlick. <laughs> yes, you do it as well. I don't, but you know what? They are a beautiful shade of red. But oh. yeah, I'm a, I'm a cow comber. Good style. Of cow. <laughs> you know, I like Sarah. You like carry little bags to pick up dog poos. Yeah. yeah. Do you like, like carrier bags? Because they're five p each now. <laughs> <laughs> could you could you imagine? Yeah, there is. It is a massive kind of. Mess, but on saying that, I have got one gigantic dog, a Slovakian rough hair pointer, who kind of evens out the same amount as a cow. So, yeah, a carrier bag is a very good idea. Thank oh my you. god, wow! <laughs> Do you, see, what, little, what dog have you got? I've got a got? schnoodle, so a he's a schnauzer and a poodle, and he's only little, he's only sort of this kind of size, so his poos are tiny. Thank god. <gasps> But he's. We use the 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 um the poo bags that are black in colour because I don't like the brightly coloured ones because it looks like maybe you've got some cake from a party. That's what it looks. <laughs> don't need that cake, please. Don't need that cake. <laughs> My cat shits like a human man. As opposed to what other kind of man? <laughs> Where did you say human? <laughs> like a man. Like, a, a like Batman? Grim. I don't know. <laughs> They're massive to the point where sometimes I look at him and I go, What have you been eating? Am and does I your feeding? cat read a lot on the literature? <laughs> <laughs> Just hear rustling of the newspaper. Samira. Um, I'm Samira Ahmed. I'm a journalist. I don't have any pets, and this is why. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a random fact, two random facts about, I've just noticed about our, our other guests. Oh, yeah. Which is, well, one, Jodie, I'm thrilled that you use the word actress with pride because I think there's been this whole thing about, oh, everyone's an actor and then people end up saying female actor, but I'll set that aside. And the other thing is, you won't know this, Nigella, but um, you used to have a column on the evening standards, you know, mm -hmm. when you were... Uh, she probably knows that. Well, you know, she does know it. <laughs> <laughs> To restart that story. A long time ago, I was um, a news trainee at the BBC when I was starting my career, and I was working on the Today programme um, as a researcher. It was 1991, and they were looking for people to get on the programme to discuss end of the year, looking forward to the new year. And I said, there's this great journalist on the Evening Standard called Nigella Lawson who writes a really good column. And, they would, and I was very conscious of trying to get more women guests onto mm. that programme. This is, you know, 27 years ago. And um, I remember them booking you and thinking, oh, that's a really good idea. Oh. Not that I can take credit for the rest of your career, but just that moment. <laughs> and that's that's all fixed now, isn't it? Equality. It's all, it's all fixed. Yes, done. Nailed done. it. Sorry that. Um, I am Sarah Milliken. I am also one quarter of the Standard Issue podcast team and a comedian. And I, random fact, I... Oh, I was crying the other day. That's nothing new. Uh, I cry a lot because I think it's really good for you. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't the reason. There was a valid reason. Uh, I was crying and my husband came over to hug me, which he's been trained to do. 
But he came over and he said, I came over because you were making crying noises. <laughs> and why does that not sound right? It, doesn't, it sounds like he's a robot, doesn't it? Yeah, that's my why, random why, why fact. Why were you crying? Oh, I think just tired. You know, when you get that, when I was little and I used to cry, my mum would say, is there something sore? And I'd say, no. And she'd say, are you tired? No. And then she'd say, you're just crying because you want to cry? No. And it turned out I was always tired. Always yeah. tired. It was always because I was just... it's an insult to tell a child it's tired. Do you think? Children get very insulted by that. Well, I just, it felt like it didn't feel like a valid reason to cry. It felt like I was being ridiculous. God, it's such a valid reason. To it cry. really is. I do mm. it all the time now. <laughs> the best reason. The only. I feel so much better after a good cry. Cry or a wank. So Either is fine. Either is fine. Not at the same time. That's upsetting. Uh, when, when you could, could you check whether he is actually a robot? If you cry on him, does he start to short circuit? <laughs> That's a good. It's a good tip, actually. If somebody actually, because sometimes he'll say things, and I think that's not a normal way of saying things. I do think if somebody came up to me in like twenty years and said, "Oh, he was like a prototype. We thought we'd try out some, you know, some kind of robot person," and I'd go, "Oh yeah, oh that makes sense. Yeah, now a lot of things make more sense now. Yeah, he's just, he's just like that. It's not a bad thing, but it's it takes a bit of getting used to." I love that you've trained him. <laughs> well, because was, he what was the treat system? He, no, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't know what to do when I cried. So I always I made this rule. I said, if I'm crying, you you hug me unless you're the reason I'm crying. <laughs> That's very good. It's good, isn't it? Yes. And now he knows exactly what to do if I'm making crying noises. <laughs> <laughs> have you got a question? I do have a question. Go for it. I'm gonna start with Jody. Jodie, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Well, it kind of carries along with the animal thing. I wanted to be a vet. But the only thing is, I realised if I was a vet, I wouldn't have the capability of putting any animals down. Yeah. So I'd end up with a house with probably uh, animals with limbs hanging off. And uh, yeah, so I, I actually really, really wanted to become a vet or an animator for Disney. Because I like Snow White because of the animals. I'm just weird like that. I just love it. <laughs> do you sing at nature? Do you just do sing? I, yes, I do. Yes, I, and do you know why I sing at nature? This is in, <laughs> let me share and care. Because I've, I've moved back home, back into the north, and I, I was talking before, and I, I bought myself a, a farm. And I have You've numerous got to say animals. Where it is. You've got to say where it is. It, it's in a tiny, tiny farming community called Esprick. It's just E-S. <laughs> prick and <laughs> is that why you bought it just so you could write that a lot uh, yeah yeah and if I get really angry at my fella I can go s prick and um and so yeah so I do actually speak this is just me the other day so we've got loads of chickens and then I saw uh, a buzzard hover over and then I discovered I could actually talk in buzzard to get them away and I'm like <laughs> scaring away this buzzard and I just realised how crazy I was so yeah it's quite frightening if you're not a buzzard if you're not <laughs> if you're not so yeah I feel I can communicate yes. with the animal species Are you, so yeah you're Dr. Doolittle kind of yeah yeah that's good like but it. aggressively so but aggressively yeah, yeah that's yeah. true aggressively Samira well there's two answers to that question one is from a very young age I did always want to be a journalist um, and I used to, and I wrote to Newsround and I had my letter read out and everything. Um, but my secret first ambition, and it's the first thing I remember, was I wanted to be one of the, if anyone remembers Captain Scarlet, I wanted to be one of the angels who flew those planes. <laughs> I wanted to be Melody or Harmony Angel and have a helmet. <laughs> and I remember waking up one day and I had a dream that I was an angel. 
And then I realised I wasn't, and I have never been so sad. <laughs> I love that you didn't want to just be a pilot. You wanted to be a very specific yes. angel pilot. Yes, and, and have the glamorous shades and the thing. And you know what's really interesting? I have a daughter who's a teenager, and guess what she's always wanted to be since she was a child? A pilot. That's she, say she still wants to be, and she has actually been taking lessons, and she can her. fly a plane. <laughs> it's like Amazing. a projected. Better, better a pilot than an angel. Or, or a puppet. Yeah. I always wanted to be an angel. Yeah, that's true. Oh, it's, the nativity, I wanted to be an angel because you got to go up a ladder. That was the only reason. <laughs> oh, but Sarah, you know what the thing about nativity plays is? It's who gets to be Mary. It was Mary briefly, but I wasn't allowed to speak. Which, but you're blonde, yes, you see. Not... I was never, I was think I was a, something like a squirrel always <laughs> in the nativity. Show. Anytime I had a really good fun doing, it was when I, Graham Norton on his show once and I was Mary and he was Joseph and Roger Moore was God. Yeah. <laughs> and if I ever wanted to Roger Moore, I used to say, God. <laughs> that was really good. That was the only time I was allowed to be Mary. But you're right about Mary's not the best part. I was Mary in the school nativity and I remember arguing with the teacher. I was three. I said, I'd like to be the angel Gabriel because she gets to do some enunciating. And, and you know, <laughs> and the thing about Mary is, you know, you just sit there, you're pregnant. If you have a line, it's, I'm so tired. And, and I didn't even have that. that. Am and I, I being perfect for that? If I'd sat there, <laughs> just started crying. <laughs> but they made, because they gave me a, a baby Jesus, which was a baby doll, but covered in pen. Uh, and I just, and I kept saying, I don't want to hug the baby Jesus. I was four. And they were like, hug the baby. The teacher was really shy. Hug the baby Jesus. And I was like, but it's covered in pen. Somebody should have washed the baby Jesus. But also you love stationery. I, I had I would never waste a pen on a baby doll <laughs> when you could use it on actual paper. Were um, you, I was going to say, were I, you a Mary, Jodie? No, no, we, ne we never really did it at our school and it was quite a religious school. We never had that. We were all doing kind of, we had the big kind of prayer services and stuff like that, so no. We wanted an interpretive dance um, nativity at my Catholic school. I went to a convent called <laughs> Virgo Fidelis. And um, who's that German um, choreographer who died a couple of years ago? And everyone sort of moves in this very modernist way. We all had to wear leotards and there was no Nothing speaking. Nothing Rausch or Pausch. Pina Bausch, right? See, look, it was I a know, Pina Bausch, <laughs> well done, Tanz Theater style nativity. I said I was about six. And if you wanted to be Mary or Joseph, you had to be able to pull a yogic bow when you lie on your stomach and you can pull your legs up over your head. And, and I thought, I just remember thinking, I'm never going to be Mary in this one, am I? <laughs> but nowadays the thing is it was the, the 70s was it the, yeah. they, they had like astronauts and people and like you say squirrels did, and stuff but that, this was not recently obviously <laughs> um, but yes because you know if you're a big class everyone's got to have a role so you've got to you know find different is that the modern way then because it mm. used to be that you just didn't get included no I don't know well I you know I think that now that they want to include everyone. Carol Singer. They did even then, but then I was, oh, yeah. I'm talking about back, you know, in the back 1860s. In the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have kids just being a leaf or like you said, an astronaut or an alien or something. That's why, not in the nativity. I, I, I never understand that. Why would you, why would you even factor that into that story? <laughs> when the rest of it is so realistic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess it up. <laughs> Samira, can I just ask, do you remember what you wrote into Newsround about? Yeah, um... <laughs> Oh, this to be a bit solemn. Um, it was about a racist incident when I was with a group of friends in a park and we were attacked by a bunch of kids. I was one of the older ones and it didn't get violent, but I could sense it was going that way. So I kind of told the other kids we should leave. And we ended up being chased out of that park by those kids. And I was really angry because it was the only time in my life I'd ever run away. So I wrote a, 
an angry letter. I was 10, it was 1978, and I wrote to Newsround. And it was really weird in those days, you know, you never knew what was going to be on when. And I just, I literally turned on the TV one afternoon and Lucy Marson, who was the co-presenter with John Craven, um, was with him and he, he read out my letter. And then John said to Lucy, who happens to be Asian, um, what do you think of this, Lucy? And it was really interesting because it was the first time in my life um, I'd seen her being asked about her yeah. identity. And she said something really odd. She said, well, um, you know, it's, I'm sure lots of children do mean things. And she was deliberately sort of avoiding talking about the racism. And the thing that's strange is that 30 years later, I got an email from her out the blue to say, was it you, Samira, who sent me that letter? Wow. And I felt bad ever since about how we handled it. And we met up. We had a long chat. I ended up making a program with her, which you can hear on um, the iPlayer. It's called a one-to-one and she said she was very conscious in the 70s of what she felt she could say. And the reality was she had lots of racism going on at the BBC. She was mm. one of the first Asian reporters. She was working with quite macho TV crews at the time. Um, and she just felt we handled it badly. And I've still got the letter that I got a reply. And it said, um, we're very sorry to hear about the trouble with the English children. Um, but it's very difficult to stop children from being mean to each other. And we hope you're told grown up. And I, I, I realised when I found it, I was going through small papers, that's how I found it. And I thought... I've never been happy with that word English in terms of me. And I, and I hadn't worked out why, and I realised it was because of that letter. Mm. Um, and 1978, for those who are too young to remember, it was a strange time in Britain. The National Front was quite a strong presence. And um, it's interesting looking back from the perspective of now, because I don't think things are as bad in one way, and yet in another, I'm surprised at what's taking place on the streets mm. and what young people are encountering. So, sorry. Well, no, don't. Moment. It's amazing. <laughs> what an interesting reply as well. Sorry about the racism. Here's some racism. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really odd. Very weird. Nigella, what did you yes. want to be as a kid? Oh, dear. This is after that, you know, stirring. She I'm wanted to be a to puppet. Say, I'm afraid to say, when I was very young, I wanted to be a cat. I feel that's a bit like... Um, <laughs> oh, I thought that's my answer. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. When I was very young, I did. I feel it's a bit George Galloway now I've said that. Um... <laughs> Then, but then later, um, I wanted to be a writer, and I was, you know, God, she's stealing terribly, my answers. Terribly <laughs> precocious, and when I was nine, I wrote, I wrote a play in my pink exercise book about uh, two terrapins on a train, one called recreation and one called activity, discussing the meaning of life. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. I, I stopped. It's good job I didn't really go further in that. Field. Was it called like waiting for network rail? <laughs> Did you you, know you could get that play put on now. You could definitely get that play put on. Have you still got oh, the can exercise? You imagine how book? embarrassing. I, well, I might do somewhere. I'm not someone who keeps everything neatly. It could, it could be in a box anywhere. But I did do. I wrote. Oh, I wrote a lot. I, that's all I did. Did I wrote ever, and read. That's did, all I did. Did you never plagiarise things you'd seen on TV, knowing that the teachers hadn't seen them and they would give you credit? No, because this wasn't for school. This was for Just me. yourself. Because mm. I once um, saw the plot of a Disney cartoon about a whale that could sing like Caruso, and I wrote a short story in my rough book at um, convent school, and um, Sister Mary Carmel gave me a very good sticker, and I, I felt weirdly guilty. <laughs> you look like you enjoyed that. So, so. We, we, we were told not to plagiarise. That was one of the things that we were told in our English lesson. And because the, the example they gave us was that somebody had copied uh, Gerald Durrell's story uh, word for word and handed it in as their own. <laughs> but the teacher hadn't realised until much later and they gave him a B. <laughs> <laughs> 
so then whenever I got marks, I, as long as I got a B, I always thought I could end up a writer because he had so it actually had weirdly inspired me. Somebody else's <laughs> terrible thing that they did. <laughs> what did you want to be apart from a cat? Well, a cat and then a writer and, and apparently someone got there first. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that. I really wanted to be a cat. Why did you want to be a cat? I have no idea, but I do remember crawling around rubbing my head against people's knees. <laughs> There's a certain age where people just don't go for that anymore. <laughs> I, I actually watched, was watching this. It was a documentary on a young girl. She was 17, but she had full belief that she was a living cat. And she did anyone see this? Has yeah. anyone seen yeah. this? Was, she, was, she, was it in Germany or Switzerland or somewhere like that? And there was a part where they were interviewing her and she was in the, in, I think it was a train station. And then this dog walked by and she just went, <laughs> and she just took it. She said, it's just my instinct. I was like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> it's true. I, it's true. I still so hiss at stuff when I don't like it. Do you so hiss? you're still a cat? <laughs> no, no, I don't do that anymore. I'm not a cat anymore. I hiss at other cats that are bothering my cats. Do you? <laughs> yeah. You do that as well. Okay. I don't know that I find that that comforting, to be honest. <laughs> Sarah, what about you? Um, well, I, when I was really little, I wanted to be uh, either a stripper. Uh... <laughs> I didn't think I just thought it was... Seriously? I thought it was a nice lady dancer. That's what I thought. I didn't realise. I don't know how I even knew that strippers were a thing. I mean, mm. where did that come from? Um, or then I wanted to be a veterinary nurse I didn't have the aspirations to be a vet. I don't think I knew that. I didn't think I could get the grades. So I wanted to be a veterinary nurse. And I wrote to Jim will fix it. Oh. And to be a veterinary nurse for a day. And I got off lightly because he didn't reply. <laughs> it's probably for the best. Um, I have a question for you guys. Um, how do you wind down after work? Samira, I'll start with you. So when you get in, what do you do to sort of... Get, do you have adrenaline when you're at work? So how do you get rid of that? Yeah, it's really sad. I turn on the radio and I listen to the World Service News. <laughs> so yeah, I just, I just want to know what's going on. I want a different perspective. Um, actually, I, you know what I do? I do, I, I read cookbooks. I have loads of them. I'm not jealous. I brought mine and got to sign mine. And I sit down <laughs> and I just read them while I'm, I'm having a cup of tea. And like a book? Just yeah. from... I just flick through them. I have a lot of old ones as well. And I just, they're... Um, I don't know, maybe you can explain what the... But there's something about, not just when you cook from them, but when you just sit and read them for pleasure and the stories they contain. Like comforting, maybe? Yeah. Do you think it's comforting? And yeah. also the ones that you're never going to make. But, you know, yeah. you just think... I hope I don't come under that no. category. <laughs> you saw there were food stains Yeah, I did see the books. food stains. I like that on a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nigella didn't sign it. She just put a paw print. <laughs> <laughs> Jodie, how do you wind down? I, I, I don't know. I sometimes just sit and listen to my fella talk because it really bores me. <laughs> when he talks, he sounds so horrible. And I'm sorry, but when he talks, starts talking about work and he, and he, he deals in cars and, and I get it. And then I just shut off and, and usually play Candy Crush or something like that. So that's my only wind down. But I, I, I don't know about you guys. I'm, I'm wide awake after a show mm. to like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. So either 
either eBay or, or the other. I know I'm mm. terrible on that, especially after Prosecco. I buy so much stuff. Like, oh, like, what? What? <laughs> I, have to, I either buy, listen, or run into a wall to sleep. So that's the only way I kind of get out of it. What is the weirdest thing you've bought off yeah. eBay? Um, a boxing machine. I always remember I bought two. You know the ones in the fun yeah. the, you know the big ones in the fun fair. And obviously because yeah. it was near Blackpool and I thought, oh, they're only two pound fifty, I'll have them. <laughs> and I won them. And then I had to obviously say to the guy, I'm so sorry, I can't even transport these, but thank you for letting me win them. <laughs> I win them. <laughs> I drunk bought a fridge on eBay. And it was a bargain, but it was in Kent. No. <laughs> and I live in Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> did you get it? No. I love my fridge. Yeah. Did you get I the did. one from the one from Ken that you went down? Yeah, to I got I sent a man in a van. And <laughs> it's, it's the only reason my boyfriend's with me. He wants that fridge. Nigella, how do you wind down? I can't say it's one of my specialities. Um, eating mostly. So I can't if I've been working really hard, I stagger to the fridge and I um you know, sometimes I'm like, oh god, I'm so so I sort of start picking at things before I've even started cooking. And then, of course, but I do find, so sometimes I just want to eat and that sort of weighs me down in a good way. But sometimes I do like cooking and I find stirring things, however tired I am, and I dread it. Once, as long as it's that sort of mindless, repetitive activity kind of cooking, I don't do anything elaborate. So I find like chopping a carrot or just stirring something in a mindless way does make me a bit calm, a bit calmer, but... You know, generally speaking, I have to less, you know, wait till it wears out and I go straight from, you know, being quite hyped up to absolutely kind of, you know, like falling flat on the floor. <laughs> I don't have a, you know, I, I feel I'm either completely um, hyper or comatose. I don't have a midway. I don't have another gear. <laughs> Just surrounded by piles of carrots. <laughs> <laughs> How do you wind down, Mickey? I'm a little bit similar. I think I do what I call... Everything, we're the same. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is the best day of my life, everyone. <laughs> you are all witnesses. This happened and it's been recorded. Um, I like active relaxation. I think if I try to unwind, there's this nagging guilt of like, oh, I can sit and watch Netflix and watch a box set. Absolutely. I mindlessly eat Doritos. But then there's a bit of like, oh, you should answer that email. You should phone your mum. But if I if I go running... That's all I can do. I've got to run. Oh, we're not. We're that. not the same. <laughs> <laughs> the dream is over. Running. That was oh, so quick. One moment. <laughs> Crushed. Crushed Running. again. Or um, I do circus skills. So I do the trapeze mm. uh, badly. Like a, I've got all the grace of a dead brick. And um, yeah, but when you're hanging upside down, you can't think of anything else, or you'll fall off. I might have to try that. See, we're back. We're back, guys. <laughs> Sarah? Uh, yeah, I'm a bit like Nigel. I don't really, I don't really wind down at all. It just, it's kind of weighted out, I yeah. think. So when I get in from a show, if I get into the hotel or wherever, I just, by about two in the morning or three, I'm, then I'll fall mm. asleep. But certainly not going to happen before that. I do that thing where I think if I get in and I like put my jammers on and take my makeup off and all the things I have to do. So then it never happens. I get in, I faff for ages. And then at two in the morning, I'm scraping mascara off my face and waking myself up in the process like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very, I'm not, I'm a bit active. I'm not active like you, Wob. I'm brain active, but not yeah. physically active. I can't be asked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, and often because of driving as well, getting in from a drive, it takes a good while for it just to, I just wait it out. 
it eventually leaves. And then, but I do, I zonk completely. I do that thing where I lie on the sofa. You go from sitting on the sofa, like, oh, I'll just lie along and prop me. Oh, yeah. And then I've got to watch the last half an hour of Bodyguard again because <laughs> I've just slept through it, even though it's really intriguing and good. And I've just fallen asleep all the time. I am going to start with Nigella. What never fails to make you laugh? Oh, God, what never fails to make Do you know this really awful thing to say, but death and funerals a bit. And this is not because I find them funny, but it's because it, when you've gone through, say, like the shock of someone dying, you're, you're hysterical, really. There's a sort of euphoria of grief. And I know it sounds an odd thing to say, where everything makes you laugh. And, it, you know, it's sort of laughter that's quite dangerous. It can go, you know, it can veer very downhill and be bad. But then, and also when it's funerals of someone that you don't um, really know, you're just going that, I just find, because you know you're not meant to laugh. I don't think you should it's be there. so difficult. <laughs> I know. I find With that hard. someone you don't know. No, 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 no. But it's, what I mean is it's not that you don't know, but it's someone that you're not... That, you know, that your heart isn't breaking over. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's what I so mean. So you're sort of ambivalent towards their death. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a day out. It's a day out. It's, you know, <laughs> Get away, like, you lovely black dress. You're going dress. to please someone else. You're going to please someone else. But, and I just know that there just has to be like a funny vicar or someone <laughs> doing something like that. And I know, I'm, I feel really panicked. And in the same ways, I often get the giggles in inappropriate times. Yeah. And then I have to try and think of people I mind having died. I have to think of really <laughs> bad things to stop me. I have to make myself in, you know, so, absolutely upset because I'm just so frightened. Of, once you get the giggles, it's very difficult to stop. Yeah. Somebody, and it's horrible. It's frightening. Of course. I love that somebody might book a funny vicar for a funeral, though. <laughs> I really want a funny I vicar for mean, my funeral. But you know, I don't mean like, you know, it's you know a stand-up clergyman. I no, mean, but it's, if they like mispronounce it's, something it's all, in a funny way or, yeah. Or they, you know, those ones who think it's all about them and they <laughs> tell you that, you know, they go, go on for a long time and they've got funny mannerisms or that you can't believe it or they're just all funny voices. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. That's>, uh, <laughs> I think that it's true, though, isn't it? Because I think with funerals and with death, there's that need to reconnect to, to, to life and to mm. love and to joy, but maybe wait till after the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but then you just connected to Dunleavy, who has exactly the same sort of reaction at funerals as well and darkness. I think laughing in through darkness, it seems like a British way of handling things, mm. right? Mind you, years ago, you could have one of those veils, couldn't you? Like a very kind of morbid... Oh. And you could Do you think they were wear... just pissing themselves I underneath it? I reckon so. I think that's what it was. That's why they were invented. So but it's an anguished laughter. It's not a happy laughter. No. It's the worst sort. Oh. I think, you know, it's the worst sort. I've th but that's... You know, it's just that's my lot. inappropriate giggling, isn't inappropriate it? Inappropriate giggling, yeah, yeah, oh. totally. And it it, it marred my childhood because you know you always told off for it. Oh. Well, I don't know why. Laughing <laughs> <laughs> in church, absolutely. Did you go to like a religious school, a Catholic mm, school? I am one of my many schools. Not you know, you had to do church in it, but I don't know that I don't. It wasn't you know enough. It wasn't serious enough. <laughs> so I didn't get the giggles. So I didn't, didn't get, get the, the giggles. giggles. No. Oh, after, sorry, I'm just wondering what beekeepers are up to under their veils. <laughs> just giggling constantly. Just having a lovely time. <laughs> Jodie? Um, I, I agree with you. I'm quite, I'm very, very sadistic in the fact that the only thing that 
genuinely brings out my guttural laugh is if I see someone fall over yes. or injure themselves <laughs> and it's really bad. I could never be a nurse, but I would have so much fun being one. But you'd laugh. <laughs> oh, I, I genuinely admit it's, it actually becomes quite a problem. And I, I remember this, my dear chap, and we were, we were having some oysters. And he was getting quite cocky with it and cutting away and literally the knife slipped oh. into and through his hand. And then I, and I had to just stop myself. And then he, he knows me and then he says, okay, you can go and laugh now. And I had to take myself in a corner and all I could hear in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to bring, but I am, I'm really bad that I will watch things just specifically to see people fall over. And I'm terrible. That, that, that makes Did me Did you laugh. call the ambulance before or after you went off to laugh? Uh, not at all, he was fine. Oh, okay. He had lemon juice and it was fine. Ooh. <laughs> but no, that, that really, really makes me laugh. It takes a lot to make me laugh, but that does. Do you not laugh at people for the no? Yeah, yeah I do. I don't. I, I don't Only really. certain things. I, like, it makes me panicked. I, I, you know, I, feel, I always feel really anxious. I think it depends. I think there's certain things, you know, certain moments that go viral involving certain people. I'm not going to say who, but um, yes, especially <laughs> as journalists. Yes, <laughs> just rewatch them. But, which, which no, I can't, I can't because I'm impartial. Because I work for the BBC, so I can't tell you. <laughs> Sometimes politicians falling over is funny. Yeah, <laughs> or like, like when or dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> which was such a great impression, just w- a waste on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> These guys loved it. <laughs> Yeah, for, right, for any listeners cable. wondering what Jodie's impression of Theresa May dancing's like, <laughs> oh. buy a fucking ticket. Yeah. <laughs> what makes so, you laugh? Uh, I was going to ask Samira, but um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I was just jumping around. Oh, but no, no, that's no. Fair enough. Look at look at you, you maverick. <laughs> <laughs> I really like people falling over. I don't know if it is it sadism. It's just a relief. It it's not me how. a lot of the time. It how. It's I think I think necessarily it's it's the sound of it as well. When there's a certain splat to it. <gasps> oh. no, you know I what it is? It's, it's, it's the reaction. It's how they handle it. And I think when they get up and they look behind them and accuse the spot that they fell on <laughs> is when it's funny. Because so you know what actually I think the thing I love most that makes me laugh is I like explaining the concepts of old sitcoms to young people <laughs> and watching their faces. <laughs> like I dream of Jeannie. So she's in a bottle and like, she's now his slave and she lives in his house and wants to look after him. But it's okay and it's not creepy at all. <laughs> He's an astronaut. <laughs> Was he at one in nativity as well? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, let's, what other sitcoms can you explain? Um, what about Bread from the 80s? Oh, I, say, I didn't really watch that one. Fair enough. It wasn't funny. Anyway. It was great. Um, it was great. I actually, the other one is I sometimes use, um, I sometimes give clips to film students and things and I, I show them clips from Carry On films, and there's a and, and clips involving men dressed up as women being sexually harassed by other men, and explaining why this can be funny and horrifying at the same time. Just just literally watching their faces. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> but it is like seeing into a different mindset. I think people under twenty five can't see beyond, in some in some cases, the sort of the horror of sexism. I think what's interesting about having grown up in the 70s, I was interviewing the goodies the other day and some of those episodes, I loved that series. I loved it. But the whole box set is now up. And if you watch some of the early ones in particular, there is so much casual sexism. There's a lot of very young men, um, young men, sorry, young women in bikinis with no lines and jokes about scrubbers. And there's a whole sequence about upskirting. Um, And then the racism ones actually bother me in a way less than that. Um, and you can't separate them off. You know, it's part of it. But I think 
what I realised most about the 70s, I think a lot of us grew up sort of learning how to blank out the things that were upsetting and see the fun that was there. And I think part of understanding the past is not to say we shouldn't look at this stuff, we should censor it, but to actually appreciate that there was actually some uncomfortable stuff going on. And you but kind you of still navigate find it funny, because I just... Well, I don't find the, the, the... I mean, I don't find the, the overtly racist or no, sexist I'm, stuff yes, funny. But... but in some cases, you can sort of see that it's an attitude of the time. And I remember once going to a, an event with a lot of uh, Tom Baker and actors from Doctor Who, and they actually apologised to um, who's a wonderful actress who played um, the one in the leather bikini. <laughs> She's a Shakespearean actress. Louise Jameson, she's amazing, right? Um, what, Leela? Yes. Right, um, and they actually apologised. The scriptwriter and Hobbaker said, we know that some of the stuff we wrote wasn't right. Mm. But if you watch those episodes, she's such a brilliant actress through them all. She's so dignified, she's strong. The fact is, they put her in a leather bikini and there was one episode, which is quite famous, and the talents of Wen Cheyenne, when they actually, the scriptwriter admitted he wrote stuff like she's in Victorian underwear and stuff because they wanted to do these things. But you can still see there's a lot of great stuff in that episode. I've set aside the yellow face aspect of it as well. Um, and I just think, you can't say you can't watch these things. But it's, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I still think they're really entertaining. But I think part of watching the past is it's complicated. But a leather bikini is so impractical, isn't it? <laughs> she was from a savage planet, Sarah. Oh, OK. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. She had a knife as well. <laughs> it takes made... a lot of wearing in. But when it's comfortable. <laughs> Not that forever. Yeah. <laughs> Like a chamois, like a chamois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. You feel like stroking exactly. one of your cows. <laughs> You're stroking one of your cows. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. no. Made in a nice oh, way. I've got to say something. I do find like nowadays, and I do, I do binge watch a lot of the series, but every single series I seem to watch, not, not the majority, but there's always a strip club scene. Be in a film, be, and it's, an, it's an ongoing joke in our household. We go, oh, here's another strip club. Oh, here's another yeah. strip what club. What sort of, give you an example. Um, it, it, it could just be like, there was, there was one I was watching the other day. Was it something, it was a kind of a gangster film. I can't remember the name of it. I'm terrible at names, great faces, but I remember your dog's name. And, <laughs> but it, it, it seems to pick up, there was another one, I think even in Bloodline, I think they had a, a little excerpt in that or and is uh, there, Ozark. Is, again, is there a proper Ozark, reason? Yeah. No, it's just, just people having a conversation. I just, I, just, I don't think there's necessarily always a reason for it. And that's what it really perturbs me. And I think, why do we have to be in a, I'd love to watch see, the drama. good for you, you see, because you could have fulfilled your vocation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It could have been in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that why you were asking? Were you like, was there a reason? Can I just, can I just join in? Many parts for strippers. <laughs> in chamois. <laughs> strippers in chamois. Clean the windows at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I ask the flip side oh, yeah. of that question? So the flip side of that is what never fails to make you angry, piss you off, raise those hackles. Cat. Oh God, I, so much. I've turned into one of those people. Okay, one of the things that really annoys me is when people are looking at uh, videos on their phone mm -hmm. behind you and you can hear that noise coming out. I'm very bad at noise. Okay. Any other people's noise pollution, I don't like it. And I do, and I do a lot of turning around like this. <sighs> like that, really. <sighs> That sort of thing them. that my grandmother would have done and it <laughs> yeah. would have really embarrassed me. You know, that sort of thing of not minding about, you know, it's just how 
like grumpy old woman I seem. Oh no, there was a woman on my train and she was sending a text message and she still had the key noises. Oh Oh, no, see look, that can't be done. And I do find people (laughs) FaceTiming. People FaceTiming in public is also That's so weird, isn't it? Isn't it? The other day I I thought, God, it's so weird. And this, this, she was speaking to her husband and son who were lying in bed at home. Can and you thought, imagine, though, if you just got... really want to be broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> you should have just peeped in. Yeah, like... <laughs> no, so, so, but actually, I, I, mean, I moaning is something I do very, very well. It's one of my talents. I've got, I haven't got many talents, but moaning is one of them. So I could carry on with this question for a very long time. <laughs> Jodie? Uh, um, uh, oh, I'd say, do you know the one thing I don't like is when people say, oh, isn't she bonnie? Just say, ju- well, just say I'm fat and I've got nice teeth. It's that one thing. <laughs> yeah. I just don't like. I, and, then, and then what else really gets, and i tell you what really gets to me, is if you're walking in the street and you're having a lovely day shopping, and if there's any children that run and scream at pigeons, that's the one thing. And I don't know what I don't know why it's like a screaming banshee with Tourette's. It really gets to me. I'm and still, I just want to stop yeah. children do that. I don't no, like it. Do you just do? You could just do your buzzard noise at them. No! <laughs> no. I'll never do that again. I'm still reeling from the idea of a lovely day shopping. You like shopping? I do enjoy shopping. I do enjoy if you if you're going with the girls and it's just nice just to get mm. out and if you you do that odd day off, it is nice. Do you I like shop? I like food shopping, but I don't like anything that involves trying things on. Oh no, just just buy them and then you can take them back. All right. No, I don't clothes shopping. I don't like. I like food shopping only. I just remember what makes me angry, and I forgot. It makes me really angry. What? Okay, I wish I could say this applied to all people, but I've never seen a woman do this. Grown men picking their nose on public transport right in front of me. But if and you stare at them, they don't look ashamed. Oh, no, 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 no. So this is, no, this is what I do. So I think it's, you know, you sort of, there's that little point when you think they're just, you know, like it's sort of a, like they're accidentally, you know, they pretend. And then it's when the finger goes right in. And I just remember, and he was really well-dressed. He had the Financial Times and he had a briefcase. It was, and it's on the commuter line into Waterloo, which is quite posh, if I may say so. And I just, I just, before that, I just said, could you just stop picking your nose, please? What, what did he say? What did he say? <laughs> And it was brilliant because this is the commuter line from Surrey, and you went, "Sorry." Yeah. <laughs> it was, and he was startled. But it's not the first one. And the other one I saw, I remember, it was a hipster. He was reading a flipping <laughs> men's style magazine with his finger up his nose. I thought, where was the article about personal grooming that says, "Don't stick your finger up your nose in public transport"? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I get really angry about this. I know, it's and admirable. also because I work on Radio Four, it's now I've got the stage because like people who listen to Radio Four, I think a lot of them live in Surrey. So when I say it, I say it in my Radio 4 voice. And it just adds that little bit of... <laughs> <laughs> just looking at all the men in the audience yeah. now, slowly lowering the hands. <laughs> I think the key is, if you're going to say it, say it out loud. The other one, which is slightly different, is, you know, man-spreading, sorry, guys, but some people do do this. Mm. And I was reading, um, there's a, the European used to be a kind of giant paper broadsheet, and I had this giant double-page article on man-spreading. So there was a guy in front of me just doing it, and I just flipped the paper around and held it up like this in front of him. And it was just amazing. The legs just went in. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Have you got any more examples? I I love it. Well, you know know how people... Sorry, I commute. So when people... (laughs) 
you'll know me if I'm in a carriage. When, you, when you're trying to get on a train and they're all huddled near the door and there's all the room down the aisles, yes? Yeah. So I come and I go, please, could you move down the aisles in my BBC voice? And it's great because they just jump and then they move. <laughs> I don't like it when people put their feet up on the seats. I think it's one of the rudest things ever. You know, especially, there was, a, there was an article in the paper the other day about people on aeroplanes and the worst things that they've seen. One of them was obviously picking nose, but this woman had placed her feet next to, obviously where the window was, but her feet were just so filthy. Really? Oh, yeah, like, literally. If I could get a, my phone out and show you a picture, well, but it'd be really weird because it's podcast. But uh-huh. it, literally, <laughs> they were absolutely filthy, and I just don't know off. why people oh. why people do. And that. you see, what I do like, and some people complain about, is oh, women putting on their makeup. I love seeing women putting on their makeup because one, it should be an Olympic sport. I sat next to a woman, <laughs> coffee cup, croissant, painting her nails perfectly black, and she had the phone on, all four at the same time. I just thought, oh, I am in awe. That. They're trying to kind of stop. How can you? I mean, what what is offensive about well, that? I like watching it because I like picking up tips because you don't yeah. get to see other women put their makeup on yeah. it's quite nice to see how everybody else does it exactly. I once sat next to a man on a plane who was cutting his toenails oh. No. Oh. there's no reason for that no. is there that was so there's disgusting no, see, I couldn't I couldn't be brave and confrontational like no. that I'm just festering in the inside I might do the odd you know passive aggressive look no, well, I don't, I'm not. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. You have to talk really man. loudly, but it looks weird. If you if you can talk really loud, it sounds fine. But if you if somebody's looking at you and you're like this, like that, <laughs> doesn't. You have to follow through. Good can good I give a tip? This is a positive one. Yes. So you see, women who are pregnant get on the tube, and even if you've got the badge, you don't ask, and no one looks up because everyone wants to keep their seat. So this is what I learned to do I, I, when I was pregnant. I would get on the train and I would say very politely but clearly. Hello, if there's anyone on this carriage who isn't seven months pregnant and wouldn't mind if I sat down, that would be great. And people look up and it's, you know, it's non-aggressive. And Is it non-aggressive? <laughs> it feels passive-aggressive. <laughs> oh my God, Sarah, I'm seeing myself in a whole new light. If, you, if, you, if you'd said, uh, hi, I'm seven months pregnant. I did say that bit as well. No, but if you said, hi, I'm seven months pregnant, if anybody would mind giving up their seat, I'd be really grateful. But you said... <laughs> if there's anybody who isn't seven months pregnant <laughs> who wouldn't is, mind giving is, up their no, seat to someone who is after that, it's definitely passive aggressive. <laughs> but clearly, was it effective? Did it work? Every time. Exactly. So it doesn't but matter. But you know what's interesting? People, you know, I've had people offer me a seat thinking I'm pregnant when I'm not, and that's actually pretty bad. <laughs> Sorry, can I just ask the audience? Is that really aggressive? Passive aggressive? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All I can say is you will do it and it will work. I that was quite passive aggressive as well, wasn't it? You will do it and it will work. Yeah. If any of you are pregnant, after the show, take me on the tube with you and I will get you a seat. She's threatening now. Blame it on me. Don't let her follow you. No, no, I don't have a badge, but I do have Samira. Samira Ahmed on board. <laughs> Question: um, What do you think is the best thing about getting older? Start with Jodie. What do you think she is the would best? Know. Oh, no, we're all, no, literally everybody in the room is getting older. Okay, that's true. Uh, she, yes, she is younger, but still, she's younger than I am. Clearly. Uh, How old are you, Jodie? I'm 39. Aren't you going to be 39 forever because you're an actress? Yeah, and the advances in Botox now are great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you're poor cow. <sighs> And then we put, oh, well, of course, it because it derives from that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I think I'd like to say I'm wiser, <laughs> but I'm not. 
I'd like to say I learn, but I don't. So I haven't really found anything that's good about getting older. Oh. Not really. Because I don't really, I don't, I don't really learn by mistakes. I just make some more. I think everyone does. Yeah. That's life. And that's half the fun in your yeah. I'm still yeah. shocked. Yeah. I've just learned that I'm passive aggressive. <laughs> that, you I know mean, what? My husband's going to listen to this and go, oh, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I needed you on my side. Maybe it wasn't passive-aggressive, maybe it was aggressive-aggressive. Does that feel better? Does that feel better? Nigella, the word you're looking for is assertive. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Definitely aggressive. I thought this was going to be a really nice sisterhood kind of thing. <laughs> no, I didn't disagree with what you did. I disagreed with the fact that you called yourself not aggressive when you were definitely being aggressive. <laughs> what do you like get about getting older, Samira? It's great. You get really assertive. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry, I'm actually going to have Nigella's hysterics now because I'm, so, I'm a revelation to me who I really am. I have to say, it's I really like it. So you know what you want, and you're not afraid of your anger. And crucially, um, you're not afraid of things anymore. Mm. I'm not afraid of anyone or anything for various reasons. Um, That's I mean, an incredible thing to say. Mm. How powerful you yeah, must feel. It is, it's, yeah, it's just great. No, no, no phobias, no dark, no spiders, anything like that. No, nothing, no. No, well, I have got a phobia, but I'm not going to say what it is because then someone will probably, you know, engineer Post a scenario. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, it's like my Krypton thing. Okay. But when I was a child, my role model was Wonder Woman, the Linda Carter Wonder Woman. And, and crucially, what I liked about her was not so much when she was in costume, although I loved her in costume, it was her alter ego with the glasses and, you know, she was sort of the... She worked for the UN Crisis Bureau in the comics I read. And I, I've actually always tried to dress her that way, but people don't know. So I dress as Wonder Woman's alter ego. And I just think it's that idea. Sometimes, you know, you just you absorb and you, you have it all inside, but you don't necessarily have to go around in an outfit with Lissou. Mm. If we can get, like, a telephone box on stage right now, would you spin around? But no, seriously, I mean, I wear trouser suits and um, I have glasses and things because... What do you think? What do you think of the new Wonder Woman? I think she's fabulous. Yeah, I she's do. Just right. I do. You know the new film? It's set in the eighties. Oh, I've not seen yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. So it. it's being shot right now under someone who's working on it, and it's all set in the eighties. I think it's going to be a really interesting take on on feminism. And one of the great things I went to America in nineteen seventy six, and I was eight, which was bicentennial year, and I just remember being hit by the wave of really assertive feminism, and you know all these um, interesting young comedians and actresses who were really big on screen. And we forget, we assume there's this inevitable thing that the seventies was sexist and awful, but actually there was all this energy um, around it, and I mm. think that's that's always been something I've carried with me, you know. And Linda Carter was all six foot something. I mean, that sense of strong, mm. tall women. I liked that because I'm not strong or tall. I, I think, yeah, I think you are strong. Yeah. <laughs> Inside. Yeah. 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 And aggressive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, Jello, what do you like about getting older, love? Because, okay, you know, I know you're meant to say all those things. Like, you know, you, you're, not, you're not frightened and um, you don't care what people think. And I, I don't know that I do feel that about getting older. I think in a way, um, I, don't, I think anxiety can increase a bit as you get older. But what I do like a lot about getting older is that you don't feel embarrassed about going to bed early. And um, and that was because I, you know, I'm sort of all I ever do is think, when can I lie down next? That's my that is always the thing that's in the, you know, 
that's all I ever think about, really. What time is an early night for you, then? What time is early? Well, um, I... I mean, I read, so I don't go to sleep then, because actually sleeping I'm not good at. This is probably why. But I would think I would very happily go to bed at 7.30. Wow. No, but you'd be be in bed comfortable, but you wouldn't necessarily go straight to sleep. I don't go to sleep. I'm not sleeping. I I don't do much, but I need to be lying down. But, um, and I I think that's, in a way, it's a wonderful state to be in. I mean, I'm often working late and not lying down, so that's part of it. But it's just that when you're younger, people Mm -hmm. think you shouldn't be that person. You should be going out late. And now I just really don't mind about that. (laughs) Nice. Mickey? I, lo- I love that. I-, I take myself to bed quite early sometimes too. I- I- half eight, nine is my mm. early. Mm. Half seven. <sighs> it's a dream, isn't it? Well, <laughs> it, is. it is. But do you sleep through? That's a thing, isn't no. it? No. No, but what I do, so what I need time to wind down. That, yeah. As you say, that takes its own time and I'm doing and I'm reading and eating. Um, I mean, I go up and down because I make myself cups of tea or whatever as well. But I do, no, I sleep only in two-hour bursts and not very many of them. So I need to be lying down a lot. And I know that when you do that disgusting phrase, sleep hygiene, and when the people who talk about sleep hygiene, they say you must never be lying down and you mustn't be doing anything. You've just got to wait till one in the morning and go to bed then and get up. But no, I couldn't. I don't know. I... I don't, it's a bit like saying earlier when I said, you know, I'm either because of hyper or comatose. I'm happy to sit down now, but generally I'm walking about or I'm lying down. Being in a hinged position, (laughs) being halfway is odd. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first time I've heard the term sleep hygiene. I feel like I've missed out on something. That feels like just wash your bits before you go to bed. No, No, it's all about don't watch television, don't have a phone on. Um, have a bath at the same time, have a ritual, you know. Spray but don't, yeah, yeah, but true. don't wash your bits if you don't want to. No. Good to know. No, they're not but your bits, that. mate. Your bits, do what you want with them. <laughs> I will, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I, I usually say something positive, like not giving a shit, which is true. I do like that about getting older. And it's, it's more, it's not always. I think Nigella's right. There's the stuff I get more anxious about, but certainly like less stuff that I'm like, I don't give a fuck if you like me because you're a cunt. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling more confident. You didn't have to look at me when you that. said it. <laughs> but isn't there also just knowing more stuff? Yeah. You know, and, and knowing oh, I the forgot, I know I know much less stuff. I'm just forgetting everything. <laughs> <laughs> and also the thing I don't like about getting older is I do become that person who checks to make sure I've got my keys on me several times before I leave the house. Oh, it takes me three times of going in a room before oh. I get what I actually went in the room for. But you're too young for that. Not really. All right. Well, one of the things I, I love about getting older is interviewing the people who <laughs> are my you. childhood heroes. Oh, oh nice. Who, who, who are they? Well, I would say the goodies that threw them, and it was, you know, it was really nice. Um, Trying to think examples I can say which won't sound creepy. Uh. (laughs) Well, actually, meeting Lucy Martin off Newsround Mm. was hugely inspiring um, because she was, you know, um, a role model of mine. And um, I'm trying to think of... Well, actually, this weird one, so I, I wasn't that young, but... You know the film of the witches they made? Mm, I remember yeah. Bill Patterson's in it. He's the father of that really, really annoying father who was arguing about the soup in the kitchen. Um, and he was just a supporting character. And he's, just, he's one of my favourite actors, and it's one of the most charming roles in that film. And I, actually, I wasn't interviewing him. I actually did just 
chase him down a corridor at Broadcasting House. But he was on <laughs> he was on a programme, and I just thought, I just you know, when you just want to say to someone, I think you're mm. a really good actor. Mm. But in some cases, it's because you've seen them all their career and you remember things. So actually, one of my favourite interviews was with Sam Neill, who, oh, you know, wow. I've watched since I was a kid. And I remember things like Ivanhoe with James Mason. I found that James Mason had been a mentor of his. But also, you know, you can just ask him about, you know, being in the most unsuccessful film of all time, which is a, a FIFA-sponsored film called The United Colours, which made, I think... $41 at the US box office. And you'll to quote the figures at him. And he goes, thank you for reminding me. Um, and he, you know, it was, it was really good fun. And then you could say, what are you in Thor Ragnarok? And he wouldn't tell you. And he said, are you the Antichrist? Because you've been that before. But oh. he wasn't. He was um, a kind of tiny cameo. But I think it's just that. It's that sense of... And I'm sure, you know, a lot of you had that feeling when, you know, you followed someone's career, you've admired them. And actually having an opportunity to sort of, dare I say, put that knowledge to mm. use. And maybe ask them that thing you've always wondered. Yeah, I like that. That's nice. Um, should we? Should I? Should I answer? Should I mm. answer? No. no. Uh, I I tell myself I don't give a shit about things that don't matter, and I don't always believe myself, but I remind myself, <laughs> and then I feel better, and I kind of brush things off a bit more than I used to. I think so. Like driving here today, um, I I pulled in in front of a, a man in the outside lane, but he was really quite far back. And he zoomed up behind me, furious that somebody was in his way. <laughs> and he did one Do you want of me these. To come and hug you. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did one of these, so I could see it in my mirror. So I just did it back, and then he did it back, <laughs> and then I did it back again, <laughs> and then he pulled away and sort of disappeared into the kind of crowd of cars, and I kind of went off ahead. And I think in the past I would have been sort of more nervous about what was about to happen. He was really angry at me. I didn't think I'd done anything wrong or something about to happen. And I just thought it would be funny just to mirror him. He was being ridiculous. Mm. So I did it back. And then he did it back, which is fucking pathetic. <laughs> so then I did it back, which is awesome. <laughs> and then he left me alone. I think that's the trick is to you be the loon, isn't it? Yeah. That's you know the, yeah. do, do, yes. do you suffer with road rage though? Do you? Because I, I get terrible road yeah. rage. I don't know about really? anyone else. Yeah, terrible. How does it manifest? What do you do? Um, just, I'm always right, and um, <laughs> and, and honestly, you wouldn't even recognise me. I, I go into Satan mode, and I literally, I have every gesture going, and I, I have no bars, no bars, nothing. I don't see you calling her aggressive. Um, She's that was me. quite aggressive. What you just did there, that was quite aggressive. Uh, you're just, just emanating Sorry. out of your every ball. <laughs> the thing is, she knows she's aggressive. I think that's fine. You know that what you were doing there is aggressive. And then the, the weirdest thing is, if I see that they've got a dog in the car, I go, oh, they're not that bad. <laughs> what if they've kidnapped the dog, though? <laughs> see, what I do, if, somebody, if somebody's an arsehole, I'll give them the finger, but I'll hold it underneath the window <laughs> because I don't want to get into any trouble. So I'll do that, but down here, so they don't know, but I feel better. But also, I kind of high-five myself if I'm really safe because I think that's what the cool kids all are, are safe in cars. So, you know, when you overtake somebody, somebody's trundling along and you have to wait for a good place to overtake on, like, a single lane. So I did that today and I, I overtook somebody. somebody. The person in front of me overtook on a, on a curve and the car was coming and it was sort of momentarily terrifying. And I waited until there was a really safe place. And as I overtook them, I pulled back in again. And I sort of mentally high-fived myself for being so safe. <laughs> that's what the cool kids are. No? no. I guess the mirroring you do. You know, that's neuro-linguistic programming. Is it really? Yeah, they teach courses on how to do that. And you just do it naturally. 
Well, just today. <laughs> but I was quite pleased with myself that I thought it was just because it's not it's the same amount of aggression back so he can't yeah, be mad exactly. at me because I'm doing exactly. exactly without escalating it so I did something clever and I didn't yeah. even know this is yeah. great guys oh I'm finally grown I would like to know which fictional character you really related to as a child so you said Wonder Woman but when you were younger was it always Wonder Woman I'm yet to think about this because they were Let's ask, of, let's, yeah, we'll come back, to you. Come, back no, to, let's come back to you. Let's come back to you. Jodie? Um, I had a really bad childhood. I'd say Mr. Blobby. I just never... <laughs> <laughs> I was always at school, I was always the really chubby, funny one and, and, and I had a really tight perm because I loved Michael Jackson Aww. and it was just... <laughs> I was just... Oh, I, I think we'd have been tense. I didn't have a great time. It was like... Deirdre Barlow and Russell Grant's love child, and that's exactly <laughs> all. And I've got pictures to prove it. So, yeah, I was always kind of like just keeping everyone happy. So I'd say I relate more to that character than anything. I'd love to be Wonder Woman. I've remembered two. Well, there's two others. They're both science fiction. One is um, there was a series called Space 1999, and Maya was the kind of super intelligent alien. She was like a female Spock. And she could transform into many creatures, and she had a really cool Italian boyfriend. So I thought that was quite cool. But my personal favourite... And the reason I wear hoop earrings is Lieutenant Uhura from Star Trek. Mm. Oh, cool. Does anyone remember wonderful. that character called Jem? Talking about earrings. Jem truly outrageous. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. Jem is my name. No one else is the same. And she was, uh, <laughs> she was a rock star. And I remember the doll talking about earrings. I used to pe- press the back of her head and used to light up. I used to love her. I'm just sharing and caring right now. <laughs> Nigella? Nigella? Well, it's a really odd mixture. I don't know how many of you have read Little Women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so I always identified with two polar opposites. It was a Joe. I was a mixture of Joe and Beth. So Joe is, you know, the fighter and the writer, and she's, um, uh, you know, she's a wonderful character. And Beth is, you know, she's sort of scared of her own shadow and is, and, you know, is a source of great sorrow. Anyway, for some reason, I, that's it. They were, I, I merged them in myself. Do you know it's the th- um, 150th anniversary, yeah. I think, of that book yes. um, this month? And um, I've just read a book about it, and it makes the, the assertion, which I think is true, that all those things like Sex and the City and the HBO series Girls, they all stem from Little Women, which was the first book to create the zero of, you know, four different personalities, which one are you? And, mm. um, and it was hugely popular among men as well as women in the days before children's literature got hived off and literature with female characters got hived off yet again. I mean, it's an amazing book. How do you explain book. the Spice Girls, then? <laughs> There's five of them. <laughs> Should we do plugs? If you have anything to plug, Samira, do you have anything to plug? Well, I feel whatever I say might be misinterpreted as aggressive. <laughs> I don't know. Can I just say, can I just say, guys, don't don't pick your nose in public or do that manspreading thing. Um, sorry, that is really aggressive. Oh yes, um, I, would like to, I would like to be the next presenter of Question Time, and I think I'm really qualified. <gasps> yes, thank you. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best to try and get an interview in a pilot. And we'll see what happens. But um, it's been really lovely having public support. And I think what's interesting, what, in fact, what depressed me was when I put that tweet out um, and then immediately contacted the editor to say, just so you know, I am serious. I would like to apply for this job. Tell me how. Um, people wrote all these articles about, you know, isn't it amazing that a woman has 
put out that she's highly qualified for a job. And I think it worries me that, that so many women still seem to think it's... Or it's reported as an unusual thing for a woman to do. And I'd like to think that we should be coming out of that era. Mm. Absolutely. And the only way to, to do that is for every woman to own that she has achieved stuff and be proud of it and put it out there and just screw the... Not screw. Don't do that. that <laughs> might seem like a reward system which isn't what I'm trying to but like <laughs> tell them to go fuck themselves when they shout you down for having the confidence to I go, can't you know say I that on question time I no, think. But, but we can <laughs> yeah yeah we're saying it for you Joe did you have anything to plug uh the coming up is a, a new Russell T Davis series called years and years mm. and then uh, next year touring with Abigail's party <gasps> oh yes. nice yeah. Talking. yeah so I'm really looking forward to that listen to a lot of Demis Roussos. I do. I do. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> no, Jenna. Um, right. So my first book came out 20 years ago and they're reissuing it. So a vintage edition. Um, a long time ago. And I'm going on a theatrical tour. I'm going to be prancing about, treading the... What do you call it? In the, boards. the boards. Treading Standing the boards. The treading the boards. Um, uh, and I'm going to plug further to say that uh, you can find out about tickets on my website, nigella.com. Mm-hmm. And now, I'm embar- now I've embarrassed myself. No, no. <laughs> That's exactly what a plug is. You've done it yeah. very good. <laughs> and also, if you don't listen to Standard Issue, the podcast, please start. Please have a go of it and see what you think. Uh, there are one of the weeks, it's weekly, one of the weeks is something like this. Uh, and the other three weeks are a magazine style podcast. And uh, we are very proud of it. And we would like you to have it, give it a go, I suppose. Yes. Yes. And if you do like it, give it stars and things on the iTunes. Five that stars. Gets, is that, is that the only stars. amount we're allowed? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> they say that there are others on offer, but it's definitely I've not heard fine. of any, no. Yeah. Uh, you've been such a delight. Um, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. I hope you guys have as well. Please join me in thanking our excellent guests, Nigella Lawson, Jodie Prenger, Samira Ahmed, Ricky Noonan, and I've been so Thank you. Good night.